Hi, I'm here with Steve Tadiotion of Infineon. Um, what's your title, Steve? I'm the Senior Vice President for our microcontrollers within our uh, IoT, compute, and wireless business line. Okay, and you guys are announcing a new PSOC? Yeah, we're actually announcing a new family of PSOC devices that, that we call PSOC Edge. Okay, tell me a little bit about it. So this is an extension to our popular PSOC portfolio of devices, and it sits on top of where we are today with, with our PSOC 6 class devices. So really intending to up the overall performance and reach of our portfolio um, while bringing uh, users the ability to bring new applications to market and or to move applications that today require a high performance, high power consuming uh, MPU down into an MCU world by enabling, you know, really, I'll say, uh, comprehensive memory expansion, high performance CPU and machine learning capability, uh, as well as many of the kind of features um, that traditionally have only been available on, on higher performance apps processors. Okay, there's a disconnect there for me. High performance means high power, and you're saying you're getting high performance and low power. Absolutely, so the way these, uh, the family of devices uh, is architected, for, so first of all, we, 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 we start fundamentally with a, with a low power technology and a low power uh, non-volatile memory, which is uh, RAM uh, embedded on these devices. And then we look at this from an architecture perspective in terms of the types of problems that our, our customers would look to solve with these devices. And there we can split up a set of functions into a, into a, a physical domain that's optimized for, for low power, but has performance limitations. Um, and then a high performance domain which really allows the user to uh, up the performance of the, of the, the device uh, and their application um, for the time necessary specifically to do whatever that higher performance function would be. So an example use case of that would be uh, doing you know, an always on voice detection solution with some kind of local language recognition. Um, so there in a, uh, I'll call it a standby mode where, where the device is in, in listening, um, just the low power domain would be active in, in, a, in a very light way, listening for what we call uh, acoustic activity detection. So it detected there's some, some noise in the room, something happened, and it will start to, start to wake up a little bit, and then it will say, okay, well, was that a voice? And then it was that voice, a, uh, the word that I'm looking for. And until it gets to the point that, yeah, it was the word that I was looking for, the high performance domain is still, is still shut down. And then uh, once that low, low power domain recognizes that it is this, this word, then, uh, then the high performance domain will ramp up um, and be able to onboard, let's say, a, a richer set of vocabulary um, in terms of intent of, of the user. So when I say a richer set of vocabulary, you know, so as an example, a thermostat use case, you know, there's, there's probably you know, I don't know, a hundred ways to, to tell a thermostat to tell it to turn the temperature up. You know, it could be make this warmer, turn it up, add a few degrees, right? So being able to add all of that capability to be processed locally is, is important. Uh, it saves power in the application because there's no, doesn't need to go to the cloud to, uh, even though that may, the device still may be connected to the cloud, but I don't need to now stream data to and from the cloud to get an, a response. Um, but also, um, in terms of all of those different ways that, that it can be done, you know, that's all uh, a set of vocabulary that can be done 
done locally on the device in this higher performance domain. So even though this is a new architecture, am I still am I able to port my existing code up into this architecture? So as well? that's a that's a great question, and the the short answer is yes. Uh, I would add to that though that, for example, a, a PSOC six customer today um, would have, and I'll separate the the the, the types of code. Right, is that. Um, you know, there's a, a new set of peripherals and additional peripherals on these devices than on, on PSOC 6 today. So for example, there's a there's a, a 2.5D GPU in one of the lead devices that we're, we're bringing to market um, that we don't have on PSOC 6. So there's a set of software associated with that or even on the peripheral drivers themselves. But we provide all of that software through Modus Toolbox, which is our development ecosystem for our, for our customers. So we provide all of that software. Now they're application specifically. So if they're running, uh, awake word detection on, on PSOC 6 today, yep, they could bring that forward. Uh, however, I would, I would suggest that to get the most out of this PSOC Edge family, that they would want to leverage some of the audio software in addition to that. So not just, oh, I'm going to bring this wake word forward. Um, but um, we offer things like the, the device is capable from an audio codec perspective to do things like noise suppression or beam forming for far field voice. Um, which they may not may not have supported today in their PSOC 6 design. So um, the short answer, yep, they can bring their software forward. The longer answer is there's a lot more capability in these devices. So to enable to, I would suggest that they take advantage of those those capabilities or features. And, and to do that, we bring a lot of the software uh, through Modus Toolbox today. What's the availability? So actually we're sampling lead customers now uh, with these devices um, and looking uh, from a production perspective, we're about a year away. Talked about that you can potentially have different things on and off yep. to save power and also running at higher and lower frequencies. Yes, and then there's another domain or another aspect of that too, which is flexibility to run at different voltage levels. And that's kind of related to the frequency, right? So the maximum frequency is achieved at the maximum core voltage as so well, So make this right? less tangible but for me. What frequencies are we talking about? And what voltage levels are we talking about? So on, on the, the, the lead devices, um, we're talking about in, in the low power domain up to 200 megahertz, and then in the higher performance domain up to 400 megahertz. And we're talking about the again the, the core voltage, not necessarily the not the supply voltage, right? Um, and for the core, volt, core voltages, we're talking about the, the kind of between 0.6 and 1.1. Okay, what frequency are you operating at most of the time? That's up to the to the developer to optimize that for their application. There's default frequencies. Customers can you decide to always operate at the maximum frequency, but that might not be the optimal option for them if they're really concerned about power consumption. One of the things people love about PSOC is that it's really easy, yeah. and I think you're making this really hard. So that's a great question, and uh, like I was saying, I, I, I appreciate that, that you're thinking like that, because that's how we think a lot too, is like really, what are the implications of the choices that we make in terms of the hardware for our customers and specifically the software developers? So there's a few things that we're, we're doing here to bring forward that ease of use that, that we have within the PSOC family today. So we've made a, we continue to make a huge investment in what we call Modus Toolbox, which is our uh, development uh, 
uh, ecosystem um, to make that easy and flexible and provide uh, ample example code, um, not just the peripheral drivers, for example, but actual ap application level code and then example code on how to do different things like optimize power in their system. Um, or, for example, like how to, how to deploy wake on voice, for example. So um, how do we, I'll say, obfuscate some of the complexity of the system from, from our customers? Frankly speaking, that is, that is a big part of what we spend our time and effort on so that these devices are, uh, continue to be uh, easy to use from a developer perspective. Okay, uh, at the beginning of this discussion, you, you talked about you want it to run on a battery and you don't want somebody to have to stick it on a charger every day. Yeah. Um, what kind of battery are we talking about and how often do I have to stick it on the charger? So it really depends on um, you know, the, the application itself and, and what the end consumer experience is intended to be. One part of this, uh, of this new product family is to enable this kind of more seamless interaction between the, the, us as people and the devices in our in our world um, but uh, a, as an example if we had a, a, a wrist wrist wearable as an example that might today have a, a three-week battery life um, for fitness okay so not your uh, not the kind of wrist wearable that you need to charge every night or a couple of times throughout the day, but for example, a, a fitness watch. A couple watch. of times throughout the day, <laughs> wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I think there are those out there depending on what you're doing with it, right? Um, so for example, a, a, a fitness watch that might have a battery life of, of, of three weeks today, we would look um, to achieve that kind of similar range of battery life with those similar size batteries. Um, but adding a lot more capability in the application. And that may be things like always on voice control and detection, or it may be things like deploying a, a, or, or delivering a richer display experience, for example. The problem, and I don't know if problem is the right word, mm -hmm. you only can control what goes on inside the MCU. So when somebody's designing a system, you can't control what they're turning off, what they're turning on, what they're turning off, and how well they're doing their design. I know it's not a question, it's more of a statement. Um, um, we can't control how the developers create their, their end product. That, that's true there. We, provi I mean, that's, we provide a lot of flexibility and options for But you want for your our watch to last to for, for three weeks, and if it's a crappy design, external to the MCU, it's not going to last for three weeks. Yeah, but that, I mean, it, not only do we want the watch to last for three weeks, as an example, right? The, uh, our customer wants it to do that as well. So, you know, we, we offer, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, example code and application level code that helps them do that. Now, we don't make the selection in terms of you're going to use this type of microphone instead of that type of microphone, for example. Now, of course, on our EVK, we do have microphones, and that's an easy path for customers to get up and running on their voice application is to use you know, uh, the devices that are already enabled uh, on our EVK. Um, but if they want to make a different set of selections, they're, they're free to do that, and then you know, make the consideration in terms of the impact on power consumption to do that. How much of a role does the code play in power management? That's a tough question to answer, but I I, I want to easy questions. No, no, <laughs> but I want to say I want to say a lot, and uh, the reason that I say that is yeah, of course, 
something like a display or wireless connectivity perhaps you know there are things in and we're just talking about like a generic portable application or battery powered application there are things in there that inherently consume a lot of power especially if they're on all the time right um, and frankly if, if the developer decides to leave the display on all the time then there's limitations on, on, on how much benefit, you know, saving some power on the MCU with more, um, let's say, thoughtful coding uh, can bring. However, I don't think that most developers would do something like that unless it's were really imperative to the user experience. So they would want to optimize not just the code, but the user application so that, for example, when, when for whatever reason there's no presence of a user detected or no intent to look at the display intended or uh, no, uh, expected, then the display would be off, and that, of course, would be controlled by the by the code on the microcontroller. I was more referring to poorly written code that still has the intended result, but is just not well written. Yep, that's a big problem, and I think um, one of the it's a great. I like the way you rephrase the question. Uh, it is a big problem because poorly written code can leave things on mm -hmm. in the microcontroller that are not being used in our. And nobody would ever yeah, know. No, exactly. Like especially the end user wouldn't know that these features are running in the background necessarily, and and add absolutely no user value, right? Um, so again, what I would say is that you know what we offer, and we've done this on our on our existing PSOC product lines, and continue to bring that forward into PSOC Edge, is application notes around this in terms of how to you know kind of best practices, not not necessarily best practices around how to code in general, but for things like power consumption, like these are the things you want to pay attention to, and based on the application requirements, how to go through the modes, what mode to use under what condition, what features are available in which modes, so that developers can get to a point where they're always in the lowest power mode for the uh, say set of features required at any given time in their application. Very good, Steve. Thank you. All right. Thank you. This is a great conversation.